And if you're going to win souls, you've got to love souls. In spite of their meanness, in spite of the way they look, in spite of everything, you've got to seek to bring souls to Jesus Christ because you love them, because Jesus loved them, and because Jesus died for them, and you're trying to bring them to the Son of God. Welcome to another episode of Sandy Creek Stirrings. Of course, I am your host, Joshua Jimenez, and I'm course glad as always to have you join me here for another episode here on the podcast looking forward to another what i might consider a great episode today and i hope it's something that um, just helps you is beneficial to you something that's applicable and i think it will be today and looking forward to another great episode thank you for listening And thank you for being a part of Sandy Creek Stirrings. Of course, we couldn't do what we do without you. And so thank thank you for being a faithful listener. And to start off today, I do want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And, uh, you know, Happy Holidays is okay. There's something about Merry Christmas. This this whole Merry Xmas thing, uh, no, we are not doing that here. Uh, We're not going to remove Christ from Christmas. You know, Jesus is the reason for the season, and so, but Merry Christmas to you, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. Make sure to spend time together, enjoy time together, and just Hey, love this Christmas season and enjoy it and spend wonderful time together. So Merry Christmas to you from Sandy Creek Stirrings, and I hope you're having a great, wonderful Christmas season so far. Make sure to get your shopping done. Hey, don't forget about your wife, men. Make sure to get them a good gift, something that they want. You say, well, I'm not a big I'm not a big gift guy. Hey, get over it. Ask your wife what she wants for Christmas. Go buy her something nice. Go buy her something special. Do your best job at wrapping it. Hey, uh... I'll be honest with you, I'm not a great gift wrapper, and I stink at it. I'm like the guy who, like, you know, puts it in the middle of wrapping paper, paper, curls it all up, and kind of, you know, puts, you know, tape all around it, and it's kind of all crinkly and a mess, and I'm not the greatest gift wrapper, but hey, I do my best, and I try to get uh, my wife something that she wants, something that she enjoys, so make sure to do that this season, and uh, just enjoy this time. Enjoy this time. Make sure to go through and read the Bible, the uh, Christmas story out of the Bible together, and it'll do you some good during this Christmas season. So, Merry Christmas from Sandy Creek Stirrings to you. As the song goes, and as I firmly believe, it is the most wonderful time of the year, and I really do love the Christmas season. So don't forget, at the end of today's episode, make sure to listen all the way through. We will be playing another Christmas song for you, and it's going to be good. You're going to enjoy it, and it's something special I just wanted to do here on the podcast during the Christmas season, something that I'm sure has been enjoyable for you, something a little bit different, and I pray that it's been a blessing to you. Of course, don't forget all of the CDs that we've mentioned up to this point and we'll continue to mention through the Christmas season can all be purchased um, and there are links down in the show notes or in the episode description whatever you want to refer to it as and you can go directly through those links and purchase those CDs and be a blessing to those who have given me permission to be able to play their CDs and so it'd be a blessing to them if you went and bought one of their CDs and hey it'd be a great CD to have on hand for the rest of your Christmases and it'd have good godly Christian music playing during the Christmas time, and uh, that's something you want in your home. That's something you want, so let me encourage you to do that. Now, for our episode today, I am sitting here at my kitchen table. I know that sounds a little unusual. Normally, I record in the auditorium of the Great Victory Springs Independent Baptist Church, but today I'm doing a little temporary home recording, and uh, so you may hear the occasional bleeding of goats 
in the background, um, the clucking of chickens in the background. And if you do, I sincerely apologize. Not the greatest recording place, but hey, it works for what it is right now and what I need right now. So if you hear that in the background, I, I sure do apologize. I uh, know they're not my goats. Uh, I would not own goats. I, I just wouldn't. They're pointless. They're pointless. For those of you goat lovers out there, you, goats are wonderful for you. But uh, no, I won't own goats. Those are my parents' goats. And uh, why you would have goats, I have no idea. And so, but anyway, we'll move on from the goat topic and we'll get into our subject for today. Not that long ago, I had somebody come to me and ask me, and they said, you know, can you talk about in an episode about learning how and how to take notes during preaching, how to take notes during uh, uh, Sunday school lessons and things of that sort. How do you take notes? And so it's something that I that I hammer on a lot. I'm a big, big believer in note taker, uh, in note taking rather. You'll retain more. You'll remember more. Um, note taking is just it's verified that it is just beneficial when you listen and you take notes at the same time. And so they came to me, they asked that question, and what a great question and a great content for a podcast episode. But I want to go a little bit today. We are going to talk about that near the end of today's episode, and so stay tuned for that. But I want to bring it into a little bit of a broader spectrum today and cover a few different things within this, within this area um, as you saw the title of today's message, it's the title was How to Listen to Preaching. How to Listen to Preaching. And, uh, you know, it's something you may not think about too often. How, how do you listen to preaching? And so today I want to talk about that aspect, how to listen to preaching. You know, 72% of pastors work uh, 55 to 80 hours a week. 55 to 80 hours a week. 84% of pastors feel that they are on call 24-7, literally 24-7. 65% of pastors feel that they haven't taken enough time to be with their family. That's a sad stat. 65% of pastors feel that they haven't taken enough time to be with their family. You know, when, I, um, when we traveled as missionaries, we'd stop and we'd ask pastors, and my dad would always ask them, you know, if you could go back and change something about your ministry, what would you be? I, I kid you not, the answer every single time was, it, it, it didn't take them long, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I wish I would have spent more time with my kids. I, I don't want to make that same mistake, do you? I don't. So here's what I tell you, whether you're a pastor or not, spend time with your family. Spend time with your kids. We just did an episode, I think it was a week before last or a week ago or whatever, I'm losing track of time, but it, we talked about holiday traditions and just talked about that main fact of spending time together. Spend time with your family, please. Please, spend time with your kids. Uh, enjoy time with them. 65% of pastors feel they haven't taken enough time to be with their family. 90% of pastors feel the ministry is different than what they thought it would be. Over 80% of pastors feel discouraged much throughout their course of ministry. 80%. 70% of pastors feel they do not have a truly close friend within their church. One out of 10 pastors retire as a pastor. Now, that may sound interesting, but one out of 10 actually retire as a pastor. Wow. Listen to this. This is according to a 2015 stat. The numbers have uh, gotten worse since then, but 7,000 churches close their doors every year. 7,000. 1,500 pastors leave the pastorate every month. 
1,500. And 3,500 people leave church every day. Those aren't great statistics, are they? No, those are terrible statistics. They're terrible. 7,000 churches a year? 1,500 pastors leave the pastor every month? 3,500 people leave church every day. That's sad. It's very sad. Now, you say, how does that tie in with how to listen to preaching? One of your pastor's main job, and it may be by some, by some accounts it may be his most important job, is delivering food to the sheep, delivering food to the flock of God, preparing messages and uh, delivering it to the flock. I, had a, I was listening to an interview. A church was interviewing a potential pastor, and one of the members asked the uh, pastor a question. He said, I, you know, how, uh, how, how long do you typically spend on preparing a message? I really don't know, know why it was a question asked to potential pastor. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, what does it matter how long he spends? But anyway, it was a question asked, and um, the preacher responded very realistically. He said, you know, it takes uh, probably between four to six hours to prepare one message. And that would be about accurate. Um, there's sometimes, it just depends really on the circumstance and the scenarios, there's sometimes where God will give me a message and I, 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 can, I can put it down on paper just as fast as I can because God just gives it to me that way. There's sometimes where it takes a long time. It takes literally four to six to eight hours to prepare one message. So here's your pastor. One of his most important responsibilities is to feed you, is to feed you. That's a, Some may say his most important duty is to feed the sheep. In fact, when Jesus Christ left, uh, he gave the commandment, go ye into the, all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What he told Peter, he said, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Uh, he was telling them to feed the flock of God. It's a, such a vital duty. And as your pastor who works uh, 72%, you know, work 55 to 80 hours a week, they're on call 24-7, they haven't spent enough time with their families, their uh, ministry is different than they thought it would be, they don't have truly close friends within their church, uh, at least over 70% feel that way. And as they go into this, they're preparing those messages and they're spending four to six to eight hours of time on these messages, you know, just for one message. And they're preaching, you know, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you know, special meetings, and they're getting tired. And if we're not careful, we can go into a preaching service and hear our pastor preach, and it really doesn't affect us. It really doesn't make a difference in our heart. We walk in the same way we walked out. How sad that is. So, how can we change that? And that's the question for today, how to listen to preaching. How to listen to to preaching. So let's talk about that. How do you listen to preaching? Number one, I find you need a proper heart. Okay, you need a proper heart. Matthew chapter 13, verses 13 through 15 talks about how the people's ears and they had waxed gross, is what the Bible says, meaning they had developed layers and layers and layers of wax on them. Not like talking about earwax, but using this picture of imagine taking a whatever it may be, a, a product or something, and putting layers of wax over it. Nothing can touch it. Nothing can get to it. Nothing can get through it. And uh, the Bible talks about that, Matthew 13, 13 through 15, talking about people's heart. Their hearts had just layers and layers of wax that the preaching of the prophets and the preaching of Christ wasn't doing anything for them. It wasn't making a difference. And so many people listen to preaching with just their ears and not actually with their hearts. 
They listen, uh, great, great message, preacher, and they walk out, but they didn't actually make a decision. It may have touched their ears, but it didn't touch their hearts. And you say, what, what truly is the difference between listening with your ears and listening with your heart? Well, to hear with your ears, is, is, it's like going to church just for the sake of going. You went because you need to check it off the calendar. And let's be honest, there's a lot of schmoes that come to church like that. You say, what's a schmo? A schmo is S-M-O. It stands for Sunday morning only. There's a lot of schmoes in churches across America who come just for the sake of coming. They don't want to feel guilty that they skip church, so they go one one service a week, and, oh, we checked it off, we went to church this week, let's move on with our lives. They're just coming and they're hearing with their ears. They're not hearing with their hearts. To hear with the heart is to come with, with, it's to, come to church with a heart ready to receive and change and make a difference, and ears that, that take it in and process it down to your heart saying, what can I do to make a difference? How can I apply this to my life? If you're going to get anything from preaching, you have to come into a service with a heart that's prepared to meet God, a, a heart that's prepared to have revival. So many people come into church and they have not prepared their heart before coming in the door. They're just going, just, they're not even thinking about it. They got sin on their heart. They've got some things that they need to get right and they know that, but they, they don't make a difference. They just keep doing what they're doing. It's called hearing with your ears, not hearing with your heart. When you go into preaching, the most, in my opinion, the most important thing you can do is have a heart that is prepared to receive whatever God wants to give you during that service. And so when you go to arrive at your church, wherever you go to church and you arrive, before you ever go in the door, maybe you need to take a second and sit in the car and leave your sin in the car. Actually, get rid of it altogether. Confess it to God. Leave sin before coming in the door and focus on God. Because if you want God to meet with you, you must have a heart that is prepared to meet with Him. There's a wonderful biblical principle example of this in 1 Samuel chapter 3. You know the story. Uh, the Bible says in verse number 1 of 1 Samuel chapter 3, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision, meaning people weren't hearing from God. It was precious during those days. Eli wasn't hearing from God anymore. The Bible says his eyes began to wax dim, that he could not see. It's not just an indication of his physical eyesight. It's an indication of his spiritual eyesight. And we see an heir, the lamp of God, went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. That was Eli's whole job, was to keep that lamp lit. And the Bible says, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel. Did you see that? God called Samuel. God was trying to talk to Samuel, and it, the Bible says, and he, Samuel, answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here I am, for thou, for thou callest me. And he, Eli, said, I, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down again. God comes to Samuel, and he's speaking to him. Samuel says, Here am I, and he runs, and he thinks Eli's talking. He's prepared to listen to Eli's voice. Notice what it says. It happens again. And um, in verse number, let's see, in verse number six, and the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to leave Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son. Lie down again. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. 
And Eli perceived that the Lord had called. And so we've got the situation. The Lord comes three times and calls Samuel. Samuel is prepared to hear the voice of Eli. He runs to Eli three times. The third time, Eli finally realizes, wait a second, God's trying to talk to you. And then here's what happens in verse number nine. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go down, go lie down and it shall be if he call thee that thou shalt say, speak Lord for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Listen very closely to this. And if you have your Bible, if you have time later on today or whatever you're doing, look this up. Look at verse number 10 when you get home. And the Lord came and stood and called us other times. Samuel, Samuel, and then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Now, I know that may not be coming altogether in your mind, but here's what I'm trying to show you. Samuel was prepared to hear whose voice? He was prepared to hear Eli's voice. Three times in a row, the Lord called Samuel, and he simply ran to Eli. When he finally realized, when Eli told him, said, hey, now you're going to prepare to hear God. The Lord is trying to talk to you. Prepare to hear him. You know the first time you find the presence of the Lord actually coming to Samuel? When it was when Samuel's heart was prepared to hear from God. Up until that point, the Lord didn't actually meet with Samuel. He just called, but there wasn't actually a meeting between the Lord and Samuel. You say, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say so many people come in and they're prepared to hear, hear Eli. They're prepared to hear the man of God. They're prepared to hear their pastor. Good message, preacher. But they aren't coming with a heart prepared to hear from God. If you want God to meet with you at church, then you're going to have to prepare your heart not to hear your pastor, not to hear your preacher, not to hear the evangelist coming through, not to hear the missionary coming through, but to hear God. And if you go in with a proper heart, prepared to hear from God, then God will meet with you. And so how to listen to preaching? Well, number one, you have to have a proper heart, a heart that is right with God, a heart that is prepared to talk to Him, and a heart that is prepared to meet with Him, and a heart that is prepared to hear from Him, and a heart that says, you know what, Lord, no matter what you say, even if it's something I don't like, I'm going to listen and I'm going to change because I want to obey you. That's the decision you need to make to have a proper heart during the preaching. I'll tell you now, you cannot expect to meet with God and hear from Him unless you have a proper heart. Number two, you must have proper posture. Proper posture. You say, i got to sit up straight. Uh, it really has to do with the way someone holds himself, the way somebody acts. And so, yeah, you need to learn not to slouch and sit up straight and uh, focus that all has to do with posture and learning how to properly act within the church. Of course, I'm not going to hammer on this too much. We had an entire um, podcast episode on this talking about, you know, how to help your preacher through church etiquette. If you need a review that, you can go back and, and listen to that episode. But here's some quick things, you know. Uh, don't pull out your cell phone. Don't, it, you know, it's not a time for conversations. It's, for children, it's a time to listen. You know, this, this isn't playtime. This is preaching time. So it's about how you act and how you handle yourself. And so I'm not going to deep dive into that too much, you know, but eliminate distractions. Don't be one. And that's very important during preaching. Eliminate distractions. Don't be one. And so have proper posture. And really, we covered most of that during church etiquette, so I'm not going to dive into that too much at all. Uh, number three, have a proper heart, have a proper posture. Number three, have a proper response. 
have a proper response. Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 4 through 6, we find that Ezra and the scribe stood up upon a pulpit of wood, which they had made for the purpose. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And uh, so proper response, what's a proper response during preaching? Amen. Amen. Did you know it's okay to say amen? It's okay while your preacher is up there to say, hey, man. Well, I mean, you don't have to say it like that, but you can, you can amen. Or you can amen. Or I, I don't care how you say amen. Don't say amen. Um, you know, unless you're in the north, then you might get by with that, you know, amen. But, um, you know, here in the south, we say amen, you know. Good. There you go. So say amen. It's biblical. All right. It is biblical to say amen. So men... Start saying amen. It simply means I agree. Do you agree with your preacher? Do you agree with what he's saying? Amen. You know what the last word of the Bible is? Amen. So do this. Just start saying amen. If the preacher says something you agree with, say amen. Say amen. Say amen. there's There's no way simpler to put it. Say amen. And notice what else they did. They lifted up their hands. Hey, there's nothing wrong with a little hand raising. Now, I'm not talking about going all Pentecostal on it, but, you know, it's okay to raise your hand every now and then. Something touches your heart. Yeah, those are proper responses. Say amen. Learn to do that. Learn to respond to your preacher. And by the way, when you say amen, he knows you're listening. I, I've been in pulpits where I, I stand there and, you know, I'm preaching and I'm thinking in my head, are they actually listening? Because that guy over there is asleep and they're not really into this. But you can help a preacher a lot simply by saying amen. So how do you listen to preaching? Learn to have that proper response of saying amen, but then also learn to use the altar. Notice they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. You know, the altar is mentioned 321 times in Scripture. It wasn't just a just a stone altar. This is a place where they made decisions, where commitments were made, commitments and decisions and sacrifices. They were consecrated to the Lord. You never find a commitment made to God in the Bible where it didn't require that person to move out of their comfort zone and and work on that. Sadly, so many preachers rate their message by the number of people at the altar. You say, well, that's not right. No, it's, it's not right. But there's a lot of preachers who look and, you know, if nobody comes to the altar, they might feel a little bad going home. You know, nobody responded. It didn't seem to make a difference. If, if the majority of the people in their seat... Um, did it, did it really make a difference? Hey, you know, he says, bow your head, close your eyes. The altars are open. If the Lord touched your heart, come to the front. What if nobody comes to the front? Is the, is the answer, nobody's heart was touched? You say, that's going a little over the top. Well, if you've ever been a pastor, I think you understand what I'm talking about. If you've ever been a preacher, you know what I'm talking about. It can make a difference. Is that how a preacher should measure his, his sermon? Is that how she, he should evaluate the message? No, it's not. If that's what God told him to preach, it doesn't matter if people got up and walked out in the middle of service. God put his stamp of approval on it. That's all that matters. But, hey, we're human. We're human. And so, yeah, you would you would like to see people come to the altar. You would like to see people kneel down and, and make a decision for God. And so one of the best things you can do in listening to preaching is as you listen with that proper heart, Right? You listen with a proper posture, not being a distraction. You listen with a proper response. You're in tune for the message. Uh, You're saying amen. 
The next thing to come with a proper response is listening, of course, for that decision that God wants you to make, and then going to the altar and capitalizing on that decision to say, God, I'm making this decision, and I'm so uh, serious about it. I'm so adamant about this decision and keeping it that I've come to the altar tonight to make this decision before you. That is a proper response. And so make some decisions for God and learn to use the altar. You say, well, I'm a little nervous about it. Here's what you do. You're sitting there, heads bowed, eyes closed. You're sitting there. You're ready. You, you haven't used the altar before. You say, how do you do that? Here's what you do. You, you, you stand up, all right? And then you put your, your right foot out into the aisle, or if you're sitting on the left side, you, you put your left, out, left foot out in the aisle, and then you take a right step and a left step and a right step and a left step and a right step and a left step, and you go all the way down to the front, and then you slowly kneel down, and then you pray, and you tell God your decision. You say it's that simple? It is that simple. Aren't you glad to know? And so learn to use the altar. It'll be a blessing to your pastor, but it'll be a blessing to you as well. It will be a blessing to you as well. I can look at, back at so many decisions I made at an altar. At an altar. So learn to make those decisions, all right? So let me give you some practical tips real quick, and then I'll answer that question that we started out with today. Let me give you some practical tips when listening to preaching. What should you do? Number one, you should bring a Bible. Yes, bring a Bible, amen. Don't bring your phone. (laughs) Don't bring an iPad. Bring your Bible. Amen? Bring a Bible. And uh, so we'll talk about taking notes here in just a second. But, of course, as we mentioned, get your heart right and free from sin before walking in the door. Come early. Come early, amen. It's good. Fellowship. Shake somebody's hand. Listen to the words of the song, okay? Don't just listen during the music, just listening to the music. Listen to the words of the song and allow it to prepare your heart for the message. Think about the words. Think about what God's done for you. Think about those things that the the music is the words of the song are talking about and allow it to affect your heart. Allow it to uh, plow up your heart and prepare it for the planting and sowing of the seed of the Word of God. Yeah, do that. Um, Wait till after the service to ask a question. If you've got a question in the middle of preaching, the worst thing you can do is raise your hand and be like, I have a question about this topic, and you say, why is that? Well, number one, it distracts everybody. Everybody now lost focus, now they're thinking about your question. And then for two, your preacher just lost his focus. So if you have a question, just hold it. Just write it down, ask your preacher after the service. Try not to interrupt him while he's preaching. Here's another thing to do. You can do uh, tell your pastor about a decision you made or how the sermon touched your heart. Tell him uh, how it actually touched your heart. You know, uh, you could go by your pastor and say, hey, great sermon today. And that's great. He needs those encouragements. But if you want to go a step further, tell him how it touched your heart. Tell them how it was a great message. You know, I really appreciated that point about da-da-da. Or, hey, that part about that really made a, a big impact on me. Or, hey, I went to the altar and I made this decision based off of what you preached in the message. And so learn to tell your pastor about the decisions you made and, and things that touched your heart. Next, for practical tip, learn to focus. Push everything else out of your mind and learn to focus. And then last, ask God before every single service to give you something specifically for you. Now, the preacher is preaching to an entire congregation of people. And so what you need to do is to say, God, would you give me something specifically for me? And God will do it. God will give you something specifically for you. And that's how you listen to preaching. 
So when you go to hear a pastor preach, put these things into effect. Learn to listen to preaching. Learn to listen to it well. By the way, learn to take in preaching throughout the week. Go to your pastor. Ask him for some names of some people. And um, ask him for some names and say, hey, who's some preachers I can look up online and listen to? And he'll give you a list. Do not listen to me. It's very dangerous. Do not go online and be like, oh, we're a Baptist. And so I'm just going to look up Baptist preacher and listen to whatever comes up. Don't do that. That's dangerous. You'll get you'll get mixed up. I've gotten mixed up, okay? Just go to your pastor, say, "Hey, who should I listen to?" and he'll give you some names of some people to look up and you can listen up some listen up to Ooh, that sounds good. You can listen up some preaching during the week. And uh, no, you can listen to some preaching during the week. And uh, so that's how you listen to preaching. Now, to answer that question, tips for taking notes, and we'll only take another couple minutes. Um What's some tips for learning how to take notes during a message? I'm a big believer in note-taking, as I said. If you take notes while the pastor is preaching, you will retain more of the message. You will remember more of the message. I guarantee, beyond the shadow of a doubt, it will make a bigger impact on you if you take notes. No doubt about it. Do I have a stat or statistic to back it up? No, not off the top of my head, but I know it does. It's fact enough for me. So uh, learn to take notes during the preaching. That's another practical tip. Learn to take notes. Now, maybe you don't currently take notes, but you'd like to. What's some practical tips for taking notes? So um, there's really three things involved in taking notes. That's the equipment and the how-to. You say there's equipment in taking notes? Yes, there is. Um, you've got two pieces of equipment when you take notes. Number one, you have a pen, and number two, you have a paper right? You need, you need those for taking notes. Unless you write on your hand, that'd be a little weird. Um, as I've mentioned before, not a huge fan of bringing an iPad or something to take notes. I know some people who do that. And if you do that, great for you. I'm not a fan. It will turn into a distraction. It just will. Notifications pop up. It's just, it's not the best solution. It's just not. All right. So I'm a big believer in having uh, a pen and a piece of paper. It's the simplest way. So just learn to carry those things with you. You need that equipment to take notes. And so speaking of a pen, learn to carry a pen that you actually like writing with. I know that sounds trivial. It may even sound a little dumb, but you know, you'll be more prone to taking notes if you bring with you a pen that you actually like writing with. You like the way it you like the way it writes. You like the feel of it. You like how it how how you hold it in your hand. And you say that's really in depth for a pen. I don't care that much about pen. Great for you. But for those of you who are like, I'm not a big note taker, find a pen that you really like writing with and carry it with you. Um, hey, I believe that a man should have a man should have a couple things on him at all times. And one of them is a pen. And we'll talk about that, a man's EDC and everyday carry. And we'll talk about that eventually. But learn to um, carry a pen with you that you really like. If you're a ballpoint person, hey, carry a nice ballpoint pen. Buy a nice ballpoint pen. If you're a gel pen person, carry a gel pen. Um, as I've mentioned before, I am a, I'm a fountain pen guy. I like a lot of flowing ink. I like being able to put different colors in the in the pen. I think it's pretty cool. I, I like fountain pens. That's just me. Uh, some people don't like them. I mean, you can make a mess if you're not careful. So there's some things with that. But learn to find a pen that you really like and learn to take notes with it. Just carry it with you. If you like writing with that pen, you're gonna you're going to be more prone to taking notes with it. Whereas for me... I'll be completely honest with you. If I if all I had was a ballpoint pen, 
I'm not going to take as many notes as I would otherwise. I hate writing with ballpoint pens. Uh, maybe other people aren't as particular as me about that. I, I don't, I, I'm very particular about pens. And so I don't know. That's probably weird. But um, carry a pen you actually like. It's that simple. If necessary, carry a separate pen for, you know, taking notes actually in your Bible. For me, I always carry two pens. I have a fountain pen on me at all times, you know, whether I'm at church or not. But then, two, if I'm at church, I always have one of my Sharpie pens with me as well. And that's if I want to take a note in my Bible, I just switch pens and I write a note in my Bible. And then I go back to my fountain pen where I'm recording actual notes on a piece of paper. And that's another thing. You don't always have to record the preaching message right into your Bible. Now, there's some things I don't want to. I only write the things that I that I very, very impactful to me. I'll write those in my Bible every now and then. But it, most of my thoughts that I write in my Bible are my own. Um, in general, most of them are. So get a pen you actually like writing with. And then, of course, so you need a pen, you need a piece of paper. And uh, learn to carry paper with you when you go to church. You can carry loose paper and just put it in your Bible. You know, you could take a piece of printer paper, fold it in half, and stick it in your Bible. And really, you have four note-taking sections. You've got two halves on the front side of the paper. You've got two halves on the on the back side of the paper. So really, you have four note-taking sections. That's a, a great way to do it. You could carry a notebook. For some people, paper isn't as important as the like or dislike of a pen for some people. Um, for me, I, I do use a certain type of paper. That sounds weird again, I'm sure, but I use a, um, a Rhodia number 16 dot pad. It's a smaller dot pad. It's about half sheet size, and they just work well for me. I'll tear out a couple of sheets, put them on my Bible. Sometimes I'll actually carry the whole dot pad with me, and um, pairs really good with fountain pens. If you're a fountain pen person, a uh, great piece of paper to write on. And um, if you have no clue about fountain pens, it probably makes no sense whatsoever, but uh, that's what I use. Um, Find a piece of paper that you're comfortable writing with. And for some people, that's anything. And if, if, if all I have is the back of a bulletin, hey, I'll write on the back of the bulletin. But carry some paper with you. And so you need those two pieces of equipment. Now, how about taking notes? Here's what I'm going to tell you. To take notes, you simply need to take notes. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. Just do it. Just start taking notes. It's not this big, complicated process like you need to go to a three-week class on how to take notes. Just start taking notes. What You say, what do I do? Well, you write down the main points. Every preacher typically has an outline sitting on the pulpit with him. And so here's what you do. You try to recreate that outline on your piece of paper. You write down his main points. You write down his subpoints. You don't write down every single word of what he says. There are some people who do that and great for them. But in general, you're trying to recreate his outline and write uh, good statements that he makes that touches your heart. Those are what you're looking for. You're looking for the main points of the message and things that touch your heart things that are important. Maybe something you'd like to go look up later. Maybe the name of a city or a place or a town or a person that you'd like to go look at more later. Um, You want to write down the reference um, where that message is preached from. You want to write down the date so you can remember what date it was preached. You want to write down who was preaching. You want to write down the title of the message. You write down those things, and then in the actual body of your notes, you're just writing down. You're trying to really, you're trying to recreate that outline that your preacher's using. And so, It's really not as in-depth as some people want to make it sound. It's just as simple as just start taking notes. And yes, some people I understand. I understand. For some people, they have a little bit more difficult time taking notes. It's not as easy. It doesn't come as easy. Just practice. Just practice. And you practice by simply doing it. 
So to take notes, you need a pen, you need a piece of paper, and you just need to take notes. And so when you do that, it'll help you. And that's how you listen to preaching. And I hope that was a blessing and a help to you. And hopefully, you know, just if I can impact anything on your heart, it's that you would go into every service with a proper heart. Go into every single service with a heart that is has an overwhelming desire to hear from God. And if that's all you get from today's um, you know, episode, then I pray that you get that and you apply it to your life. Now, for today, as I mentioned, Merry Christmas to you from Sandy Creek Stirrings. And we'll be closing with another Christmas song today. The song is It Came Upon a Midnight Clear. And a great song there. This is from the CD The Sounds of Christmas, piano solos by David Webster. And I'm looking forward to this song today. One of my favorite Christmas CDs. I've mentioned it before. And you can go to nvpublications.org. Again, that's NV, standing for North Valley. nvpublications.org. Type in The Sounds of Christmas, piano solos by David Webster. Phenomenal CD. Of course, I play this with permission from North Valley Publications. And so we'll be playing that today for you. It came upon a midnight clear. But until next episode, hey, Merry Christmas, and keep looking up, and keep stirred up for the cause of Christ. <laughs>